Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us here on Twin Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. As usual, we are so happy to have you back down here in the basement yet again. Uh, this week, got a very special, special little interview for you, something I've been looking forward to for quite a while. You might have remembered us talking about a little band called Motorcade out of Dallas, Texas, earlier in the year. When, um, when we reviewed the Loma album, we paired one of their tracks with that. They put out um, what has become one of my favorite albums of 2018 and uh and they are one of my favorite bands not just this year now uh, of of ever and they're, they're fucking they're, they're great but you know that if you're that episode if not you're here to remedy this because uh like i said they are in dallas they're playing like regional shows they just haven't gotten out in the world despite being all pros they're industry vets they're doing this shit i heard of it because greg cott from sign opinions saw him at south by southwest he generally has some pretty sound opinions. That's why the show's named that. And um, and uh, you know, played it instantly. Hit with me and um, and I, I just I love this record. And so when Jeff Ryan, the drummer, reached out and said, "Hey man, uh, thanks for talking about it," just randomly, just thanked us for talking about the song, and said, "Hey, you want to talk?" And through the magic technology, uh, we did we set everything up on their end. Uh, a couple computers, a couple mics. It's me sitting down here in the basement, and we just had a chat about the album, uh, about Dallas, about sort of a little bit of the history of the band, about where they're going. Uh, it's just a good intro to this band if you don't know them. Um, if you don't know their music yet, push pause now. Go look in the show notes. There's going to be a link to the album that they put out at the beginning of the year. Play that. Play that. You're going to love it. After you've done listening, you're done listening to that like 20 times. Then come back and hear me sitting now with the good sirs of Motorcade. Um, that is what we're doing on this week's episode. That is all we're doing on this week's episode. So if you guys are ready, if you have a beverage, you've listened to the album, you're, you're comfortable, uh, maybe your cat's down here, maybe, who knows, whatever. Whatever makes it okay, makes a safe space for you. Uh, let's head on down to the basement, in this case the virtual basement, uh, and talk to Motorcade about their, um, about their remarkable band. So people know um, this is a very this is a podcast was a very radio thing to do. Let's get people to know your voices. So uh, I guess go around whatever room you guys are in in a circle and and, and uh, give us your name. Uh, I'm James Henderson. I'm Andrew Huffstetler. John Dufalo. Okay. I'm Jeff Ryan. Great. Uh, that is good. That is, they are Motorcade. Um, now I heard. About you guys, I think like anybody outside of um, 
South by Southwest that year from Greg Cott, <laughs> which is man, uh, that guy, that guy knows his shit. <laughs> um, but it, it's funny how like right he always is, and and when they do a report, they basically go and they come back and there's always one or two good bands. And a lot of them are just like, okay, you guys are old music critics and stuff, but he was so passionate about you guys that it was when they immediately checked out. And as I, I gotta say, as a child of the eighties, I put on your record and, um, the first thing my, uh, my partner, she said, you know, did you, did they make this album for you? We're going to figure out that. <laughs> that first or, or later in the podcast. But, but the biggest question I had was like, given this blurred lines verdict in like 2015, are you guys ready to get sued by the entire eighties? Um, and I say that as a good thing because this is, um, a, I think debut album or not a remarkable achievement, uh, for a, a album. And I think one of the things that makes it remarkable, not just the songwriting, but the aesthetic, that you guys achieve here is so built into uh, such a huge part of the population's DNA. Um, wh- if we want to start there, like you guys have been touring with other bands and stuff that honestly sound nothing like this. So how, how and why do you land on full Depeche Mode, Echo and the Bunnymen, New Order and stuff like that? Uh, it's, it's because that's the music I like. And actually, yeah. when we first started tossing the idea of Motorcade around, that was what we decided. I mean, before we'd written anything, before it was... Because that's the music we love, or among, right. you know, it's part of it. And we just wanted to do something like that, because that's what I like the most. It's, I mean, how long have you guys been playing in bands? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I played the fifth... <laughs> couple of years, yeah. Couple, long, couple of years, long yeah. enough. <laughs> I think. I mean, James is right, though. I mean, we've, we've talked about this a lot. I mean, I think once we decided to be to be a band, we just wanted to be the the band that we always kind of wanted to be in. Yeah, you know. And James had a lot of great melodies, and we all contributed, you know, to, to parts and whatnot, and just kind of created this thing, you know. Um, yeah, but we've all none of the bands that any of us have played in separately no. would yeah. would would dictate this sound at all. You know? I I don't know any bands recently that would dictate this sound. I know a lot of bands that like try and say they're influenced by this stuff, um, but it, it it really is another thing to. Um, I mean, like you said, this is the music you like. This is the music you grew up on. It, it's a thing to um, to say that. It's a very different thing to be able to pull it off well you, and, you've, you've got to understand just how immersed in it i have yeah. been for 30 years you know right i mean i know this i know it all inside and out mm-hmm. and like you said it when you said that it, did they write this for you it, it's did it for us did it for me because it's a yeah. record i wanted to hear right right i grew up um and, and I swear we will get off the '80s comparison eventually, but <laughs> but uh, I I grew up you know watching John Hughes films. Yeah. The the Pretty in Pink soundtrack was sort of my introduction like to the Smiths and um and Echo and the Bunnymen. Although like my copy had the names wrong, so for like five <laughs> years I thought the Smiths were Echo and the Bunnymen. And I was like <laughs> I love this band, and and but but it was uh, for me growing up in a smaller town. It, it was my way into this music that you would hear. 
uh, on the radio in like larger markets and stuff. And, and you just see in movies and it seemed like the hippest thing ever. And yeah. it opens up a whole different world. Like the idea, I remember seeing, um, Depeche Mode, uh, and I forget what year 101 came out, but it was when I was in high school and it was just this whole wild thing right before they got big, but they had already been huge, like playing like existed then. And like, go ahead. Well, you you broke up there. I think he just turned into a robot. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was turned into beta. That was nineteen eighty seven, and they played the stinking mm-hmm. Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl, they yeah. sold it out. Yeah, and you see, and you see all these Didn't guys playing like program beat synths uh, that you've never seen before, wearing all black. And just like selling out the Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. and it was it, it was such a shock. <laughs> but the sounds that they yeah. have is something um, that, and you know, there are moments when you you can use Depeche Mode as a touchstone, but you definitely sound you sound like something different. You sound like the band that like uh, that, that like maybe nobody heard of back then, and all of a sudden it's like, wait, we missed this back then because it's fucking amazing. <laughs> and 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 I think one of the reasons is. My experience with that type of music is that if you want to just coast along at a surface level on that, you you can get a lot out of it. And it and it was different than the mainstream. It was different from say like listening to the outfield at the time, uh, or uh, yeah. and stuff like that. But then you dig in, and there's these like dark, deep, meaningful lyrics, um, and and so mm-hmm. it it does what a lot of modern music. To my mind doesn't do and gives you an opportunity to engage on multiple levels is that um just do you guys come by that just by playing for so long in bands i mean or is that just a mission oh i wouldn't know i don't know if it was ever it's i don't yeah. think it's conscious on anybody's part but yeah if the, you, you hope that happens but it's still at the back of your head you just i mean the main focus is write yeah. good songs and and you know, if you're striving for quality, then you're going to get a lot of ancillary goodness out of it. And just by kind of the you know all the '80s stuff that's where I guess it's just, mm-hmm. it's there. But you know, it was never for the record. I don't think it was ever like a conscious decision. Like, yes, we're influenced by that, but we're not going to make a, an homage to yeah. that. You know, it was a very forward thinking. You know what I mean? It just and the, so I mean the '80s influence obviously is there. But it's not so just a, a, a throwback, and there's so many bands that kind of just I'm going to be an Americana band, yeah. or I'm going to be a blues band, or whatever. It was never that way. It was just like let's just make the music we want, you know. And then James had some great ideas, and we just made when, it when you happen, guys you know? started playing out with this stuff, like how how many years has it been around? Like two, three? Is that right, or longer? Well, yeah, that we've been uh, playing? In, in Motorcade. Uh, yeah, that. I don't know, a year and a half. Well, the idea, yeah. the idea started oh, wow. seven years ago. <laughs> yeah. The actual, uh, just <laughs> okay. the idea of it, though. Let me tell you. The first show was April of 17, yeah. right? right? So just a little over a year that we actually. When, when you trot this out in front of an audience, what was the reaction the first time? Oh, God. My, I had my eyes on the <laughs> ground. I don't really know. <laughs> 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 we've got a we've got great response. I think from our first show on, uh, we were really fortunate. Our very first show was Record yeah. Store Day at one of the uh, you know Good Records, which is a, a great record store here in Dallas. And then from there, we played a couple shows with uh, some 
some big bands. Uh, we're very fortunate and uh, got in front of a lot of people and got great response. So just sort of carried yeah. over from have, there. Have you been? Um, I know you were you were sort of eyeing um, some festival stuff. Like, how extensive a tour have you guys done, or are you just sort of still uh, putting that together? We're still working on that. Just regional uh, yeah. stuff right now, I think, is where we're at. But we're the goal is to expand, obviously. But we had to have a crowd, yeah. you know, to support that, you know. So we're, we're trying to build I, that up. Uh, and that's that's. It is nice though that there are people that have been asking. They Facebook message me, and I'll get emails. <coughs> excuse me, um, about DC and Chicago and Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like it's just a matter of literally, you know, logically stringing yeah. it together and go, okay, well, we're gonna. Do this because I mean I think that we play certain capacity rooms that I think that it would be uh, be a really really good thing. Yeah, to I mean about. I mean look, touring's hard. Touring's a bitch, uh, and everybody knows this. Uh-huh. And uh, and and what's fascinating in um, I I don't know if I would even place you guys in like the indie rock scene if you have to label it. Like I, I just don't even. I'm just like, hey, here's this good fucking band um, who's in Dallas. And a thing that I've been thinking about lately is, you know, DC has its own scene. It has kind of its own flavor, which is like Fugazi influenced. Same thing like Chicago has its own scene and you have these scenes and then people need to tour outside that or feel like they need to tour outside that. But, uh, you know, you mentioned you guys are like building an audience still. And I, and I, th- I feel like in, yeah. in the modern age when you can virtually be in front of millions of people, like that's getting lost. Um, and, and like, that's kind of fascinating to hear you guys talk about. Like, it's, it's kind of hard to get your vinyl. <laughs> and, I don't think, I don't think that's a bad thing. So for somebody like me, I, I heard the one song and I was like, I, I pre-ordered the vinyl. I was like fucking done. Uh, and, uh, and I, there are more people out there like me, but for, I always assume that that means millions you don't have an audience of millions mm. yet, but you could. No, but you could, and, and, and it's it just seems very old school. It's like there's an air of mystery to it. Well, that's cool because yeah, that that was part of the. That's what I loved about yeah. it way back then. Is you know who are these people, and there's really no way of knowing unless you picked up the enemy or Melody Maker or whatever. Yeah, like I I don't even think and, I knew uh, like Echo and the Bunnymen were real people until like the 90s <laughs> I, I just didn't look for like pictures i was just like what like okay whatever man like the song rocks that's crazy it's just so hard to think back to where this, these things right. weren't at your fingertips right. it's been a long time since mm-hmm. they were you know yeah um you know the internet like changed for well, it changed everything but but everything. but like i remember yeah. like i would be back in the day spending you know five hours to download one track of you guys like before that was that happened? and you know and that was how you consume music and that built into this yeah. like mystery and it was just like it was so satisfying you worked for it and you got it and at the same time being able to just dial you guys up now is fucking remarkable because if somebody asks i can just say go listen to motorcade go listen to motorcade go, you know and and like mm-hmm. just give them the Keep yeah, and, and and give them this link, and, and and it's all there. But they still don't. Your videos don't feature you. Um, no, like no. I said, you're 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 playing, you know, not not like hyper local shows, but regional, and and so this is music though that I think is going to resonate with everybody. 
Um, it leaves me a little confused because I'm just like, I want you guys to be the biggest fucking band in the world. <clears throat> well, we should have been nice. Well, I guess we've got to come play. Yeah, well, here's the, here's the thing. We may be moving to Milwaukee, but but yeah, you should. No. <laughs> you should, or they're too, or they're here's too. the thing. You should come play DC because what we have going on here is, like I said, there is the local scene. Um, it's varying opinions of how effectual it is, but, but we have everything that comes through the city. That's how we've been able to function is because invariably if somebody is on tour of the East Coast, they have to stop in Washington, D.C. Um, we have the 930 right. Club here. We have like Black Cat. We have we have these legendary venues, right. and mm-hmm. and they book like all kinds of shit. So it gives people uh, the opportunity to see like all this different kind of music that uh, maybe they wouldn't in their hometown. Like I don't know how Dallas is, but I think Dallas is kind of like that. Correct? Yes, I mean I think a huge diversity of bands come through Dallas. Probably not as much as Austin, yeah. but. Uh... Not many people skip us. We get all kinds of great shows. And big is, there, is there a good like underground scene, or is it more you got to you got to sell? Oh, John. it it vacillates. Yeah, John, right. why don't you talk about that? There's a great underground scene. Um, there's a lot of um, kind of new punk rock, garage rock kind of bands mm-hmm. that are great. There's um, sort of a synth scene. Um, yeah, I'd say there's there's more clubs here and uh, support for it than there's been in quite a while. It's it's a good scene nice. right now. I think a lot of great bands. Um, when you guys like go out, like, who are you playing with when you guys go out? Well, we haven't. Actually, it's funny because we've kind of done this own thing yeah. on our own. Like we've kind of made all these shows. Um, our own way like our record release show we didn't want to play a club like so we had the idea of like let's almost like a in a factory records kind of way like let's just play literally a warehouse and we kind of made it a club and we just you know then 200 people showed up and it was really cool um other bands that we played with I mean when Tripping Daisy played um we did a couple of dates with them here in Dallas and then in Houston and that's been, I mean, besides South by Southwest, I mean, we have really, honestly, haven't toured uh, that much besides, you know, Texas, yeah. you know? Not yeah. yet, anyway. Furthermore, what, what Jeff's saying is we sort of discussed this when we started. It was not to be a typical, you know, local band or yeah, yeah. band in general, but to try to, to, try to do uh, more events, mm-hmm. I guess you'd say, as opposed to just shows. So we don't typically play the... The typical uh, yeah, rock yeah, club yeah. here in town. Like so, we try to make uh, uh, different types of, of events. You know, we have a uh, like our live shows are not just a typical band up on yeah. stage. We have a big uh, backdrop with video. We have a video projectionist who tours with us. We have a our own yeah. sound guy. Um, so it's it's more of an event when you come see us, and that's we've always been, that's one of the. Also hindrances to you know touring yeah. a lot because we yeah. got to bring quite a crew with us and we have screen and we have you know projectors and stuff like that. But uh, well, that's also old school. You know, that's that, also that, that's, like, that's like what like yeah. like in in the modern age like where where the bottom has dropped out of of how much money you can make off streaming, how much money you can make selling albums and stuff. What the fuck are you hmm. supposed to do? Like ex- except maybe right. put on the best right. show you can do. Um, 
Like, cause you're not yeah. going to, you're not going to stop. You're not just going to, I mean, at some point maybe, but you, you know, you, if, if, and it seems like this is, this is you guys lot in life. Um, you know, if you guys are, um, are just like, Hey man, you know, we got to do a show. It's, it, it, it's going to be, it's going to be something else. It, I mean, I watched the videos for this and I can, I can sort of get the aesthetic for what that show might be. Um, and, it, and again, it <laughs> yeah, seems something right. just very, um, Almost like like stadium sized, which is a thing I get when I hear you move too. It's just it's just it's oh, just that's that's big. great. It's we've not played any of those, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's big. It's it's big emotions. It's big sounds. It's unified sounds, and it just it just fills up the space. So you get like you just sort of dissolve into it for a while, and and that's kind of what like the best bands do. And you can go, um, you know, Flaming Lips or from kind of from your neck of the woods you can go all that route yeah. or you can just like just do a good fucking like video show or a laser show yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. well we we want to bring as much as we can to the live show and you know we're hampered by budget mm-hmm. just like everyone else but we do what we can with what we have and it's it's effective it's better than you know being lit by a strip yeah. light on top of the stage <laughs> or whatever <laughs> right we we've been fortunate. We you know back to sort of the clubs and stuff. We we played uh, behind a uh, at a movie theater, but behind the screen. Yeah. It's wow. a really unique place. Uh, we've done some, did a, a political uh, you know fundraiser for a for Beto? local politician, a Texas politician. We, we yeah yeah for Beto yeah. of course. Yeah. And we've done uh, we've done some uh, fundraisers for some underground radio stations up yeah. in Denton. You know so. Like I said, we, we try to do a variety of things and make it interesting every time we play, and not just your typical uh, rock how, band and club. How, how thing, so. speaking of uh, beta, like and just politics in general in there, um, understanding that music can be a force, probably should be art just in general. Like, how plugged in are you guys to that as far as like serving that? Oh, I, I can speak for myself. It's you know, might drop a line or two, and I don't want to become overtly. Yeah, you don't want to become you too. But I just think, just no, <laughs> God, no. But like, uh, I think you know, the next record, especially, we sort of dipped our toes in it. The last one, the next one, because it's mm-hmm. frustrating. It's been, it's really, really miserable yeah. right now, and it just affects it affects everything right. and everybody. And so you can't you can't help but say something about you it. you can't help but say something about it. And it's like, and you never. Um, at least I never know, like, is if saying something about it is going to be the bomb or if it's just going to be like the reminder, you know, somebody hears it and they're like all of a sudden uplifted. They're like, yeah, this person understands. Or yeah. <laughs> they're like, they were down and it just like sort of puts the boot on their neck and you're like, now go all the way down, man. True. Uh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good point. I, I didn't think of us as any sort of political band at all, honestly. No, but, no. And I just realized I'm looking at a computer screen that says we've been recording for 22 minutes mm-hmm. and 17 seconds and sort of realized it was a, a lovely break from thinking about yeah. the horror of yeah. Trump and that sort of thing. <laughs> I hadn't had that thought once uh, in 22 I, 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 minutes. I'm sorry yeah. I failed yeah. in my mission. But, <laughs> no, 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 no. So but, uh, you know, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm living it right here in D.C., so... We, we got to share. Oh, um, no, it is. It, it is. Well, and that's actually part of the reason we do this podcast and talk to people is because um, I, I think 
just conversations, however benign they might be or great they might be, whatever it is, uh, distracts from stuff that, uh, yeah, the policies matter, but but in the long term, may, well, maybe it won't. Hopefully it won't matter, you know, as shit gets fucked up because you can get yeah, an escape right. uh, from that. And we're friends with a guy uh, named Phil oh. Cook. He's a musician. Uh, was in Megaphone. He does his own stuff now, and um, and he just put out an album called "People Are My Drug," and 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 this is one of the most positive people I've ever met. And you know, he has his dark times, but it is it is a joy anytime we get to talk to him because it is that escape. And then you get that escape through yeah. his art. And he he like he wrote a song about Black Lives Matter, but it doesn't it doesn't beat you over the head with it. Um, but it but it's in there, uh-huh. and and you know, for me. I think that's one of the purposes of art, whether it be what he's doing, what you guys are doing, uh, what what we're doing, like interviews and stuff, is that um, sort of the con- connecting the humanity of it, and then right. figuring out. Um, I think one of the great things about what people like you are doing is is you're sharing, like artists share a lot more of themselves than I think people give them credit for. <laughs> when you write a song. Unless you're just doing a straight, I'm just going to write a story. Like, that's part of you. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's, it, I, I'm, I'm never very, I don't ever walk into a song with mm-hmm. a, an agenda, really. Other than, let's get something to sing yeah. this melody. Uh, but, you know, yeah, you're right. That stuff always I think there, I think there needs out. to be an uh, emotional attachment yeah. to the songs. For me, particularly... Since I sing them, good Damn, lord! Sorry about um, that. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought you screamed all the time. <laughs> you know, it makes it easier to have an attachment to each song, to sing them live, and to always have some sort of uh, emotional attachment where you're, you know, you can really perform yeah. them on stage. I think there's much to performing. So, well, I feel like most of the time it's a, a case of um, you don't even realize that you're writing a, right. about yourself, right. and then later you, yeah, you listen and what, what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't mean to let that out. Let's just cut that off. Yeah, cut that off exactly. the tape. Um, yeah, no, that that happens. But then some of the, I think, greatest songs in history is stuff when people either didn't catch that, they weren't able to self-edit, or they did and then just said, you know what, we're gonna let that go, and I'm gonna figure out how to live with that. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I I know. Uh, there's a lot of artists here who are. Um, like you, you see it in in artists who are just coming up, who are trying to find their way and trying to figure out how much do they put into the, their world, as opposed to, I think back in, going back to the eighties, uh, a lot of it was like about you, you get the craft right, and like figure that out and you craft pop songs. I mean that that wasn't so far from like the Motown era, that wasn't so far, which wasn't so far removed from like jazz and big band and so then classical before that you know there's a discipline and that as rock and roll has evolved in my mind <coughs> we've gotten to it's okay if that discipline isn't there sometimes oh i agree mm-hmm. i yeah. agree completely and and it's not always great like you can you can sw- you can yeah. swing to other sides all the sides of this but when it is great it's just like fuck dude <laughs> Like that's unhinged, mm-hmm. and it's like, but yes. but when it's like tight, like you guys, it's that's the it's the exact same reaction, and and I, 
Yeah, um, it's 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 uh, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. It's it's amazing like yeah. that. Just music in general, it's crazy how it can do because I love Captain yeah. Beefheart, you know, and I and I also love the most well produced, you know, crafted stuff, and I love them the same. Yeah. Not for the same reasons, but the, the, they affect me yeah. the same way. I, I just ordered some weird ass double vinyl of the uh, John Williams ET soundtrack because I fucking because I fucking <laughs> love that, and I, and I have the vinyl yeah, that I had when yeah. I was a kid upstairs. But I'm just like, nah, dude, that that shit is like remastered. <laughs> That's gonna sound tight, and it will it will like transport you like somewhere, um, which is what the uh-huh. best music does, you know. And, and that gets back into you guys' music. I mean, this is. This is still like talking to you guys now for almost half an hour. I I just I am not grasping how you're not the biggest band in the world right now. <laughs> All the parts well, work. everything works. Lack of publicity. Lack mm-hmm. of publicity. I'll blame it on that. I just just haven't been in front of enough ears. That's that's really yeah. what it's about. It's weird that there's so you know because there's so many bands now. I mean, look at any. You know, mm-hmm. music blog look at you know the pitchforks and whatever and this is like and you know some of us keep our ear to the ground and and you know find out what's happening with, with new stuff and it's honestly it's like every week there's a hundred yep. new bands that can be <laughs> you know the, the next big not that it has to be the next big thing but pretty good but you know we're biased obviously we think the same yeah. thing and you know I, I don't see any reason why it shouldn't be it's just a matter of yeah, like James was saying, I think it, like we all like kind of scratch our heads sometimes and go, "Yeah, this kind of like has all the you know parts to or the I don't know oh, interchangeable parts to be this amazing right." Thing, it just need, it know, just right? needs like the right pickup. Like, does somebody be like, "Hey, can you come play this in front of ten thousand people?" <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, that would be it. <laughs> now, a lot of it just seems like blind uh-huh. luck, and that goes back to the sound opinion things. That was blind luck that he showed. Did up you guys? I mean, show. did you guys even reach out to them, or were you just like, "Oh no, oh no," just turned up? We didn't even know he was there, and we played what we thought was the worst oh, show no. of our history. <laughs> How? Right, we had no visuals. We didn't have our sound man. No, because it it's a, South by Southwest. Yeah. It's where a cluster, were you guys playing? You know? Yeah, it playing was a, a pub. A pub. Well, no, what, was, what was the name yeah. of the pub you guys it were playing? Was. I know that place. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it was terrible. I mean, we actually almost kind of we didn't we didn't necessarily write it off by means. We were like, you know, we were having. Oh, we didn't even know if we had a drum kit till ten minutes before we started. (laughs) This is true. This is true. I literally almost had to rent a drum set. (laughs) Jeff was hustling drums from the band that just played, and this guy was having none of it. He just really didn't want to help. It was a nightmare, and so we go up on stage with that time, that sort of mindset, and then get on top of the bumper pool table and play. How many people were at the venue? Oh, it's hard to say. It was packed. packed. I mean, there was you know, it was a small place, but it was it was yeah it was yeah um, yeah. Man, it's it's just between sixty and eighty. Yeah, I mean, uh, they looked bemused. Yeah, it wasn't a rapturous sort of (laughs) you know it. They, they liked us enough. It was just sort of polite clapping, and that all, that always does you in the further you go. And then, you know, we weren't into it. They weren't yeah. into it, and so we were just wondering what he was. How, talking how many about. other shows did you have to play that day, or was that the only one? That, oh, was, fuck. that was it. That was the one show. That was <laughs> a, that, that's, that's, that's too bad that's, because that's we a got brave there. South by Southwest <laughs> schedule. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. we got there way early and then got plowed, and that was <laughs> yeah. also had something to do that, with that. that well, performance. That, that also happens at South by Southwest, or just Austin yes, in general. Did. It was. Yeah. 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 It was funny though because we had we had spent the last the two weeks you know after that going. Man, that was suck. It was terrible. We were you in know? the dumps. We really were. And then John actually was over at my house. We were having like a barbecue or something. And we get, my phone was just blowing up. And I was like, what is happening? And our label guy had said, hey, we're, you're on the Sound Opinions podcast today. And we're like, but. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and, then, and then that leads to like you guys talking to me, which leads to one person hearing it now. Um, it le- 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 <laughs> leads to, you know, it leads to other people like finding this stuff, you know, it is luck, but it is also perseverance. Um, uh, one thing, you know, and this is just talking to any bands listening. Uh, the reason you guys are talking to me is Jeff reached out and just said, Hey, thanks for like, just talking about my band. That's, that's the way I, kn- I know you guys have been in the industry long enough, but that's the way you should be. I think if if you yes. want if you want people to talk about you and know your shit, like you have to engage. No one's entitled to yeah. Anything. No one's entitled to anything, yeah. and also it's not just like and, and I personally think this sucks on the artist side that it's like that. But it's not like it's just over when you like hit stop on record or or you know turn off the amps on the stage. Like there 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 are people that uh it. it it's a community thing. And that's been the point of music mm-hmm. like forever uh, that, that, you know, you get in there and, and they, you're just doing something that they feel they can't do. You're right. And I mean, it's kind of my mission really, man. I mean, you know, I think I just kind of wear people out sometimes, but I think that it's one of the best things that I've ever been a part of. And I just want people to know about it. And that's, you know, so I appreciate yeah. you getting back to me and just saying, Hey, you know, because I, I did appreciate it, you know, when you talk about us with that on that podcast with Loma, yeah. I was like, "You didn't have to do that." Well, you know? that's, cool. that's the thing; we had to because your shit was great. <laughs> I mean, that like you know, <laughs> when when we go through stuff and and we get so many submissions and we and we have to filter through like so many bands and and granted, you know, having Greg Cott endorsement was what got it on my radar, but it it. Stuff has to fit, like not just like for what we're trying to do editorially, but has to fit like in our lives. Because we're like all the people on the podcast, we're people just doing a thing, and this is sort of a record of our lives. And so, it's not um, like I don't want it to ever be like sterile. So it ending up there was just a result of it got in front of us, and somebody else was uh, again at a barbecue. And said, hey, have you heard this Loma album and played it at the barbecue? We're like, fuck. And we're like, wow, these two things sound good together. And let's go. Well, that's <laughs> really cool, man. Yeah, you know, that that's a good point, too, because I know we started off this and we were talking about how much uh, how mm-hmm. much things have changed. Um, but honestly, it, it you know, it sort of harkens back to the days when we first started touring and we were looking in the back of maximum rock and roll yeah. and calling, you know, zines and stuff. And that's how we were booking our shows. So, you know, pre-internet stuff when we started touring and, and even though you have this big expansive universe now that you're much easier to get in contact, you still got to reach out and talk to people just like we did then. We reached out and we yeah. called people who were at a house and said, Hey, we're from Dallas. We're coming to California. You know, can we play your, uh, 
go play your living room or something and can we sleep on your floor can you book a show for us and they did and so you know it's, it still sort of has that community feel and i think music always has that and so it makes it powerful and that's why we appreciate you know people yeah, like you thanks. doing blogs it, and spread the word it, it and always us out, you know and, music I, I think no matter what kind of music it, it is never fails to bring out the best in people. like i i i don't yeah, know absolutely yeah, I mean, I, I just I don't know a piece of music that somebody has just been like, well, now I'm just going to go kill somebody. <laughs> oh, I know what's happened. happened. <laughs> I know what's happened, but that's generally like some there there might be some other things associated with that. The White Album comes to mind. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, so so there's one big exception to this theory that I just posted, but uh, but uh, aside from Charles Manson and the White Album, I think uh, I think I'm correct. I think my science will bear out. And uh, and um, <laughs> yes. but uh, you take my point is what I'm saying. Yeah, I got uh, it. Um, so you said you guys are working on a new album. Oh uh, yeah. I've, been writing uh new bits and bobs for the new record and there's more than enough to you know compile a new album out of we just gotta polish it up get it you know really start recording it they're just sort of ideas now but they're flesh i'm fleshing them out one by one and we'll attack them and figure out how we're gonna do them and record them as what's soon your, as possible what's you guys general process like you, you you get the stuff ready beforehand do you bring in an engineer or you're producing and engineering this stuff yourself uh i i do yeah. it myself and uh yeah i it's yeah I, i'll come up with ideas and present them to the band and then what i want from them is how you know, maybe we can slow it down. Let's change keys, or that's too high for me, or let's let's try this rhythm, blah blah blah. And then that's we have that discussion. So I do a lot of demos that are just you know basically the chords and just a very straight like krautrock beat, and then we'll sort of morph it from there or just try different things before we start really recording it. But it's just easier to have something sort of formed because when we play it live, we need backing tracks oh, yeah. in that, and so. It's, it's a lot harder to do like jam stuff out because you know, it's it's not very organic yeah. like that. Yeah, actually, actually didn't think. Well, about that. let me fill you in on a on a secret with the first record is that we never played those songs. No, we recorded them first, so we had actually never. So when I went to sing those songs, oh, wow. we had never. I'd never performed them before. In fact, we wrote. James and I basically wrote on the fly a lot yeah. of them why we were singing, so, why I was singing parts, and so that's kind of fascinating because because me. what that means is like you didn't have time to necessarily like live in it, interpret it, do anything with it except except for right completely you know, different but, experience. But it than also anything we've done in the past. That, uh, the, the emotion like that I get as a listener out of it is just is kind of was just there inherent in the song. Yes, and that I, I, I think that'll always be the case mm -hmm. in any with any song I'm writing, and that's just the way it is. But I would like to this time at least get somewhere, and then because we right. weren't even playing together really right. before the record was done, and uh, I would like to rehearse these things and then have Andrew come yeah. sing rather than yeah, let's mm -hmm. shit, we need lyrics, let's do it now because yeah. we're. And like to the, and the, that process always evolves with bands too. Like, you, like how how long did it take in the studio to actually knock out the first album? 
It's a tough uh, call because there are giant holes. Uh, I right, mean, it was done sporadically. I mean, song yeah. by song, different things. And the songs did build a personality because we, as James would record parts, you know, he'd send them around and then Jeff would record his parts yeah. and John, you know, different things like that. So they did build up, but, but we never actually played them as a band, I guess was the point. And right. Till they were done. Till they were done. And we had the record done. And then we said, well, we got to figure out how to play them. They, that was a really interesting. Uh. The only song that we, the only song that, that was, we kind of quote unquote jammed on, but we don't really say that word this band, um, is, was, yeah. uh, recover. One of the best songs of the album. Um, and, and it was the, that was the it, first it, it song is, written uh, for. I think the kids' term is a motherfucker of a song. That 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 is just that is such, uh, yeah. Oh Send God! It you should have heard the original lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll email them to you. Oh, they're so filthy. <laughs> and uh, compare, sometimes we 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 go back on those. <laughs> we can't finish the song. They were filler, filler lyrics until we got the real ones. So they're filler, but they're hard to get over. <laughs> But the process took a while. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, I would say we worked on recording off and on for a year and a half. Yeah, yeah I mean, it just off and on. Like, I mean, like James said there were big gaps, and then we, concentrated. I, I didn't take as long as I think if you just yeah, yeah. put it all one day after the next. Did you? Did you? Nothing works that way. Did you come? I out think of that, the next though, one like will it, go it a has, lot quicker. It's an identity, like you didn't know what you guys were, but then by the end of that whole process, you're like you understood what motorcade like the, for you was. Oh, I think. Oh, well. I had an idea of what motorcade yeah. was beforehand. <laughs> and we knew what motorcade was seven or eight years ago. Well, yeah. Yeah. when we had talked about it, oh, sure. and we had the name of the band, and we knew what when we wanted we, to do. Yeah, we, when we, we first dis- when we first discussed it, it was like this is the kind of stuff we want to do, and so there was that's that was the aim. I mean, the whole time, you know, I wasn't going to write yeah. some. That, that gives me hope that our, our band that we have here uh, called Zebulon might rise again someday. Yeah, we had the name, we had everything down. I just didn't <laughs> it didn't work out at the time. Um, yeah, Zebulon. Um, How does Zebulon well, make it? Yeah, we had shirts. The shirts. This is fuck, it's 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 a long <laughs> story. Not, not for this podcast. Because anyone who's going to buy yeah, ZZ exactly. Top, has and, well, to there's pass a Zebulon, Zebulon everywhere. This was Zebulon, North Carolina. So. Did we... so. Yeah, it's, huh. it's oh wow! Like a, a, it's a story for another day. The um, but 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 so so okay. um, <laughs> when, when so you guys had this going in and then knock it out. Has it grown um, since you've had it out in the wild? And I, I know you you don't jam the songs, and they obviously they don't sound like they would lend it to being to that. <laughs> but but no, like have they don't. have they? in you guys' minds, like, sort of mutated at all, or is it just like, nope? So. Yeah, live really? uh, is actually yeah. very different. Mm-hmm. I mean, not very different, but there's more power to them all live, which I think is great. I mean, we're, Jeff is, you know, the drums are yeah. really, really small-sounding on the record, and Jeff has this giant kit, and it's very powerful, and so we play in kind. It's We're a very... Powerful well, and, rock and that's not small. Live. I mean, it's, like there's a pejorative. Like that's that's it's, it's just yeah. It's meant to be. It's no, it's no, no. It's very meant tight. to be. Yeah. And and yeah. and and uh. Yes. And, yes. Uh, yes. Man, shit. I didn't see you guys live then, because live just live. It's not. 
I mean, no. it's loud. You know, there's so much going on orally in the record that, that we can't have toms ringing away. I mean, you just got to cut space for everything else. But live, everything goes, and it's just, yeah, we're we're really powerful. Sometimes I just marvel at it as I'm on stage. It's like, we are, I mean, yeah. we're kind of it's crushing awesome. folks out it's there. Awesome. And, and I 1,000% and I believe I love that. that. I can't... Um, as we, as we start to wind this down, like, you know, you guys, um, every, every year, like is different from like a music critic standpoint. And as far as like what they hear and stuff and, and the best stuff is the most unexpected stuff. I would never have expected this to like land in my ears in 2018. And, and yet you guys made it (laughs) and it's fucking, it's fucking phenomenal. And and it, um, it is, you know, we were talking about the escape earlier. Uh, it provides escape. It provides escape and it provides uh, joy to like give to people to be like do this because you're gonna get the same thing out of it. I don't I don't know how you could hear it and not get that. Um, so I I, well, I think I appreciate yeah that. I think Thanks, anybody uh, listening who hasn't heard this record, uh, although I should have said this at the top, like stop push pause now and go listen to the fucking record. But uh, but really after this, uh, you have no excuse. Uh, this is this is one of the best records of twenty eighteen. Uh, it is uh, it just stays on repeat. I can't even like tell you so. Uh, so basically thank you guys for making it. Um, um You're welcome. Uh, anything you want to push before we get out of here? Well, we do have a pretty big show in January. Unfortunately, I can't. Okay, well, still can't divulge okay. the exact location. <laughs> Jeff uh, with the cocktails. <laughs> Again, um, but you know, it's um, it's going to be a really big show for Dallas for us. I mean, all of us kind of you know yeah. veterans of, of this city and this scene, and um, it's going to be at a place that I think we've all kind of wanted to play. It's kind of like our little, you know. I don't know. It's going to be a really big show, and the, the station here, the NPR station nice. KXT, is behind it, and it's nice. going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll yeah. be back at South by Southwest. Um, yeah. So for people listening, you know, around the country who tend to go down there, you know, yeah, look us up and, 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 we're, and talk to us. And yeah. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm planning. You too, Kevin. Uh, I can't. Uh, like I said, I can't wait. I, I will not. I will not wait for you guys to time. get to DC, especially <laughs> if we're not going to be in DC. That well, wouldn't make any bit of sense. Uh, but but uh, but look, thank no, you guys no, for, for hanging out, and um, hopefully next time we talk, it'll be in person. If not, uh, I look, I really look forward to the new album and seeing you guys. Uh, it's great. Thanks. Thanks again to Andrew, James, John, and Jeff. That is uh, Andrew Hofstetler, James Henderson, John Dufalo, Jeff Ryan. Together they are Motorcade. Uh, and for my money, they are the baddest motherfucking band in the land. That album rocks. If you haven't heard it, please do yourself a favor. Go out and listen to it. I can't imagine why you wouldn't after just hearing that. 
Uh, great chat about their music. Look forward to talking to them more. And and really look forward to them, uh, basically, their total world domination. I see that coming for them in their future. So hopefully we'll catch up with them again sooner rather than later. Uh, that is it for our podcast this week. Uh, if you liked what you heard, you can do a few things. You can tell your friends, first of all. Spread the word. Tell your friends, say, hey, this rad podcast. You're just talking to this band from Mo- called Motorcade. I never heard them before, and uh, and they rocked. And so, yeah, you can do that. But then you got to tune in and, and actually subscribe to us in iTunes. Leave us a rating or message there because feedback makes the world go around. Also, listen to us on Google Play, Mixcloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. So you could actually be listening to Motorcade's album and then pop over and listen to us talk about Motorcade or talk to Motorcade in this case. Uh, and um, and right there within Spotify, it, it's uh, it's you know science, kids. It is science. Um, coming up in the next few weeks, next week we're going to have uh, a review of Shooter Jennings' fantastic new album, just entitled Shooter. Uh, he's going back to the country, so we're going to get into that. And uh, and I had the pleasure of talking to Wheeler Walker Jr. today. And uh, that conversation is going to be sort of next week. And uh, if you don't know his work, this guy, uh, he is a true believer in country music. And he has, uh, to date, been much maligned by the country music, the Nashville industry, the, uh, the Nashville Illuminati. So we're going to try to clear the record up on that and talk to him uh, before he plays here in Washington, D.C., I believe the second week of September we'll put the links in the show notes when it's time to do that and then uh, we got PJ Stacks coming up and then lots of good stuff for September September's going to be a fun fun month and uh, and that's it we're out of here um, I guess we'll see you in a week kids uh, until then be good to your ears but be better to your people we'll talk to you soon <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!